What's up? It's JJ with Goodies and Two Shoes, and thank you for tuning in to the Good Talk Podcast. If you don't already follow us on socials, on IG, follow us at Goodies and Two Shoes, YouTube at Goodies and Two Shoes, Twitter at Two underscore Goodies, and on TikTok, Goodies dot the letter N, the number two dot shoes. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you enjoy the show. Ooh. Papa was a Rolling Stone, but now I got Rolling Stones in the bezel. Ice. Mama at home all alone, hustling, trying to keep this shit together. Mama. Young niggas smoking on yeah. gas, I'm living too fast, my foot on the pedal. Ooh. If I go back to the past, my Sursky. niggas ain't know what we rockin' Coachella. Back, if a nigga ever try me up, play me, I buy him a ice shovel. Dig your own grave, nigga, you pledge yourself. I put some cash on your schedule. You if a bitch ever try to fillet me, huh, I just sit back and let her. Then she come up off the chores, whatever. My pockets came with extra I can see through the fuck shit. I think that my skills get better. With a stick, I'm at peace, Mandela. I'm willing to feed whoever. How can I help you? Nobody judge you but God. You can watch us beat the odds. This ain't no cut, no facade. Young, rich, and black, and we gon' beat the charge. We gon' spending cash, no card. I'm liking her natural. The Phoenix Suns are NBA Finals champions. Let's just go ahead and say that right now. From the back, from the back, we enjoy. Honey, rack, I'm attack with my boy. Got the clip poking out, we be showing. Anybody check out, we be known. In and out, in and out, we be gone. On a 757 bond. And my AP say size is the phone. Better get you some bread where you from. I spent my meals on the crib. I will say, I miss y'all. I did miss y'all, man. We got back from vacation about two or three days ago. So we back. We back. We back. And we got a lot to talk about, a lot to cover. It won't be a long episode, but, you know, we'll get through it. Probably about an hour or so. Hopefully, we can. Get a UFC talk in real quick to preview what's coming up this week. McGregor Poirier Part Three. So yeah, hey, NBA Finals start tonight, baby. Everything's set in stone, and we back. We back, so you know I got a lot to say. Pino. Rich like Lino, Richie count Rich. your blessings, don't worry about the rivals. Grandma told me, go read the Bible. Should've listened, still look at the sky though. Sip the sipping, this not the Moscato. Bitch, I'm gifted, I'm smoking gelato. Been a nigga that stepping, we came in the door and they taking the flow, call it repo. My doggy gon' bite, no Chico. Get hit with the drinker, we're making with Rico. Shopping Rodeo, you wanna see the three Migo, then turn on your Vivo. The record of Mayo, cutting up cheese like I ate a bag of some Cheetos. Welcome to the Good Talk Podcast. I'm your host, JJ. It's been a minute, man. It's been a minute. It's been a minute. Um, thank you for tuning in, as always. If you haven't already, follow us, follow us on socials. Excuse me. On Instagram at Goodies and Two Shoes, Twitter at Two Underscore Goodies, TikTok at Goodies dot the letter N the number two dot shoes, and of course on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at Goodies and Two Shoes. Welcome, welcome in. Welcome in Thank you for tuning in Returning back If you are a returning listener If you are a new listener Thank you for, for checking us out Giving us a shot man And welcome Welcome We're gonna get right into it man We're gonna get right into it Again thank you for tuning in We are officially back We are officially back Um, Recording on Tuesday I do not believe I'll be recording on Thursday of this week but we will get back to our regular schedule um, next week. So I probably will go Tuesday and Thursday of next week. Just, just uh, We'll just have to see how the NBA Finals play out. But here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We'll, we'll go through a couple of quick things real quick. Um, some sports news that we, that we missed. Portland Trailblazers hire Chauncey Billups as their new head coach. A lot of head coach signings. Um, Jason Kidd was also hired to be the head coach for the Dallas Mavericks, replacing Rick Carlisle. And Rick Carlisle is actually the new coach of the Indiana Pacers, so he wasn't out of a job for too long. And then it May Udoko, I hope I'm pronouncing his name correctly, former assistant for the Brooklyn Nets, was hired as the Boston Celtics new head coach. So 
that's what we have so far for our news. And let's just go ahead and get right into it. I think we left off. I can't 100% remember, but I think we left off with game three or four potentially of the Suns and Clippers series. I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I do believe it was on that track, though. Long story short, let's just fast forward. Let's just fast forward. There's no need to backtrack. You know, it is a sports, music, and, and fashion podcast, so there's no need to backtrack. Everybody already pretty much knows what's going on, right? So what do we have? We have the Suns versus Bucks. And I'll just kind of give my my wrap-up for how I felt about the, the Eastern and Western Conference Finals, uh, you know, et cetera. So number one, the Suns got it done like I told you they would. We already knew that, right? We already knew that was going to be the case. I told you that they were going to get that job done in six games, and they got the job done in six games. <laughs> you know, so that's where we're at with that. Bucks, I said, Bucks, I said we're going to win in five. The Bucks got it done in six as well. So that's where we're at, man. That's where we're at. Um, let's just take a quick look. Giannis Antetokounmpo goes down with a hyperextended knee. And, and to me, to me, this is just me personally, I think that puts the Bucs at a huge disadvantage because I don't believe that Giannis Antetokounmpo will be healthy. I don't believe that Giannis Antetokounmpo, whenever he steps back on the court, I don't even believe that he'll be 75% healthy. I don't. And to me, that is a huge problem. That's a huge problem for the Milwaukee Bucks. It is. It is. But before we get to that, before we, we go through that, um, round of applause for the Milwaukee Bucks for making it out of the East. Um, a, a feat that they have so desperately trying to uh, have been trying to accomplish for about three or four years now, you know. They they've been looked phenomenal in the regular season for the past couple of years. The same thing was true this year. Um, the only difference is this year, like I said, they were able to get the job done. They were able to get the job done. They had a a, a much better team, as we suspected previously. They had a much better team this year with with Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton being able to step up and play the primary roles. Once Giannis Antetokounmpo went down, so again, shout out to the Bucks, and we'll we'll take a look at the last game um, where they did close out the Atlanta Hawks, one eighteen to one hundred seven. This game was without Giannis Antetokounmpo, as was Game Five, um, and and they were able to win Game Five, one twenty three to one twelve as well. So let's just take a look. Real quick, game five, 112 to 123, as I stated before. Uh, no Trey Young for the Atlanta Hawks. So, Bogey was able to step up big, 28-5 and 4 on 10 of 22 shooting. Uh, Lou Williams had 17 off the, uh, as a starter, actually. I was going to say off the bench, but Lou Williams did start that game. He had 17 points in, in, in 35 minutes. John Collins added 19 points as well. And then Gallinari had 19 off the bench. We'll take a look at the Milwaukee Bucks. And I do believe this, no, it was a game before. So Giannis didn't play the last two games for the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, and ironically enough, if we're being honest, if I'm being transparent with you all, the Milwaukee Bucks did look better. <clears throat> they did look better without Giannis Antetokounmpo. And I'm, I know that may be, you know, that may be unpopular or whatever, but the fact of the matter is the, the Milwaukee Bucks did look better than him, better without Giannis on the, on the court from an offensive perspective. Defensively, you know, they did what they needed to do, but they were also playing the Atlanta Hawks with all due respect to the Atlanta Hawks and the run they had this year in the playoffs. Nevertheless, they did advance uh, 26-13-8 from Chris Middleton on 50% shooting. Again, this is game five of that series. Um, 25, 6, and 13 from Drew Holiday. 
33 from the big man, Brooke Lopez, on 14 of 18 shooting. He was just abusing the rim. Everything he, I mean, he, he, every time he touched the ball damn near, he seemed like he was punching it. 22 from Bobby Portis, 22 and 8 from him, actually. And that's pretty much where the scoring stopped. They had nine from uh, Connaughton off the bench and three from Brent Forbes. And then, again, let's fast forward to game six. Just to kind of recap everything, Drew Holiday with 27-9-9 shot just a little under 50% at 11 of 23 from the field, 4 of 12 from three. Chris Middleton, 32-4-7, 10 of 22 from the field, 40% from the three. Um, then 13 from Brooke, 12 from Bobby Portis, 13 from Pat Connaughton. 11 from Jeff Teague, and 5 from Brenton Forbes. For the Atlanta Hawks, Trey Young was able to return for this game, which in my opinion, he shouldn't have. Which in my opinion, he shouldn't have. I mean, again, if you recall back, we said it Series 1 with Anthony Davis and LeBron James, and I told y'all, I said, bro, Anthony Davis probably should not even try to go. I think it was Game 4. Five or six. I think it was a closeout game. So I believe it was game six with the Phoenix Suns. And I said, Anthony Davis should not step a foot on that court because I know he would do more harm than good for his team. And what happened? He was a liability defensively. Couldn't get anything going on offense. Wasn't helping. Wasn't switching. Nothing. Right. So that was short lived. They got him out of here. The Phoenix Suns closed that series out. We saw it with Kawhi Leonard in the, in the Western Semis. All right? We didn't 100% know what was going on. But we knew Kawhi Leonard didn't need to be on the floor. And ultimately, the LA Clippers, Reggie Jackson, you know, Paul George, those boys, they were able to get the job done without Kawhi in the Semis, of course. But then we see it here again. In the Eastern Conference Finals. When we all know that Trey Young shouldn't be, shouldn't have been on the basketball court. We know that. But some of these guys are stubborn. Long story short, 14-4-9 from Trey Young. 4-17 from the field. Honestly, just a shell of himself. Had no confidence in his game. You know, could really, really tell he was injured. Seemed hobbled defensively. Already, You already know that Trey Young is a liability defensively. We already know that. But then when you add into the fact that he had the, the ankle sprain or whatever it was, you add that into the equation. And then you pretty much have five on four defensively or offensively if you're the Milwaukee Bucks. So that was exposed as well. Like I said, he wasn't making the best decisions. He didn't seem like he had much confidence in himself off the dribble. Didn't seem like he had much confidence in himself to take some of the shots that we've seen Trey Young take and make before. So that wasn't a good look. 14-4-9 from him. Terrible from the field, percentage-wise. Then Bogey had 22-3. 7-12 from the field, 2-5 from 3. 13 from John Collins. 14-9 from Clint Capella. And then Cam Reddish with 21-3-3. Um, off the bench And sh- round of applause For Cam Reddish and the, and the jump That he's made I am a Duke Blue Devil fan So I've seen Cam Reddish grow You know And it, it, the last two games Of that series Was very impressive Very impressive to see I was very, really Really happy for him um, Even though they weren't Able to get the job done So that was on the Eastern Conference side Of things And I'm, I'll, I'll highlight The last two games Of the Western Conference Finals as well um, just like I said, just to kind of speed this up just a little bit, we won't go all the way back, but we will take a look. Um, so Phoenix had a three to one lead going into the matchup on Monday, June 28th. Um, they had a three, one lead. LA was able to extend their season's life by one game. Um, on this particular date, 116 and 102 advantage Clippers. Um, 41 13 and 6 from Paul George on 15 and 20 shooting. 3 of 6 from 3. 
twin, as my dad likes to call him, senior, 22-3-2 from the field on 9-16 uh, shooting. 23-5-3 from Reggie Jackson. 15 from DeMarcus Cousins off the bench. Um, and then Pat Bev, knowing what Pat Bev does and just being a pest ultimately. Um, D-Book had 31. DeAndre Ayton had 10-11. and 11. Chris Paul had 22-3-8. Um, Cam Johnson had 14 off the bench. Fast forward to the closeout game, and I believe that game happened on Wednesday the 30th. Yes, I am correct. Um, and Phoenix was able to put this away relatively easy. 130 to 103 was the final there. Huge game from Chris Paul with 41-4 and 8, 16 to 24 from the field. And I mean, the second half, he absolutely just took over. I I, I really expect like this this type game is what we all should have expected from Chris Paul in a game that could potentially send him to his first ever NBA finals. And he answered the call. He came to play. You know, first half, Phoenix and, Phoenix and L.A., they seemed like they were going back and forth, whatever may have you. It was a little bit closer. But ultimately, I, I do believe we all knew that the Los Angeles Clippers didn't necessarily stand a chance against this Phoenix Suns organization without Kawhi Leonard. We all knew that. We all knew that. Chris Paul did what he needed to do. And he proved me, I will say me, because I don't know how y'all felt. He proved me right. Because I, I did believe that without Kawhi Leonard, there was no no chance, no chance at all for the Los Angeles Clippers to advance. Not against this Suns team. 41 from, from Chris Paul, again, 22-7-4 from Devin Booker. And we're going to dive into Devin Booker just a little bit more. Um, Yeah, we're going to get into that just a little bit as we look at our NBA Finals preview. DeAndre Ayton has 16 and 17 on 80% shooting, um, 8 of 10 from the field. Jay Crowder with 19 points. Um, Cameron Payne and Sarge both had seven off the bench. And Mikel Bridges had nine. Nothing really too crazy, but, you know, they played their role. They did what they needed to do. For the Clippers on the other side, uh, Paul George really was – Really pedestrian, and let, and let's kind of let's touch on that really quick. Let's just touch on that really quick, and I'm not going on one of my Paul George rants. It's nothing like that. For one, first and foremost, round of applause for the way Paul George stepped up with no Kawhi Leonard, with no Kawhi Leonard, was able to get his team over the hump. Now I know Reggie Jackson, you know, played phenomenal, whatever in the in the semis. He did in the closeout game or whatever. He did. But at the same time, Paul George was that leader on the court. Round of applause for the way Paul George played in the Western Conference Finals with no Kawhi Leonard. But this is the this is this is when because I was in a clubhouse room the other day, right? Talking about the NBA, et cetera, et cetera. Just just chopping it up. But this is when people this is when people uh I'm I'm trying to think about what what the words I want to use. This is when people start to shit on Paul George for lesser terms. I was gonna say a little more sophisticated, but it's just it, it just slipped my mind. Really, this is when people begin to shit on Paul George, and this is the reason why. Okay, really, it, to me, minimal pressure was on Paul George and and the Los Angeles Clippers for this series, really as a whole. Because there was no Kawhi Leonard. So off rip, off rip, you're playing a little more loose and comfortable. Just because if we're being honest, nobody really expected the Clippers to win. Like we have to be 100% honest about this. When Kawhi Leonard went down and we realized he wasn't going to be able to play, right? None of us really expected for the Los Angeles Clippers to win this series. And that's just facts, bro. That's just facts. Nobody's going to sit here and tell me that they expected that to happen. Right? So we didn't ha we didn't have them with a shot to beat the Phoenix Suns even though they did beat the Utah Jazz um with no Kawhi Leonard. 
they competed w- without him the last two games of that series, and they were ultimately able to close that series out. Even though that did happen, we didn't believe that uh, uh, a Kawhi-less Los Angeles Clippers team was going to be able to go into Phoenix and beat Phoenix in seven games. We didn't believe that, right? So off rip, like I said, going back to my original original point, Paul George and the Los Angeles Clippers were able to play a lot more loose. You know, Paul George has that had that freedom as a primary scorer, etc. So then we look at it, like I said, game five. Paul George goes for 41. Okay? Because there's minimal pressure on you at that point. Because there's, nobody's expecting you to win and it's 3-1. So you come out and you and, and you ball because, again, there's minimal pressure on you. Minimal pressure on you and the organization as a whole. So then you come out with 41 and do whatever you do. I think he went for a double-double or whatever. I can't remember. I'm not going to pull it back up. Long story short, he went for 41 and extended the series. So now you're looking at 3-2. And when you're looking at 3-2, it's like, uh uh-oh, maybe the Clippers do have a shot. Maybe we misread the Phoenix Suns a little bit. And that pressure starts to build up. And the expectations start to build up just a little bit. And then what does Paul George do? For one, only takes 15 shots at the primary score. And just to put that into, in, into perspective, just to put that into perspective for you, Marcus Morris took 17. With all due respect to Marcus Morris and the talent that he is, if I'm in a, in, in a winner-go-home situation, there's no way in hell that I want Marcus Morris taking more shots than Paul George. That's number one. Number two, six of 15 from the field for Paul George, one of six from three, and it was just a lack of aggression, bro. That's what it was. It was a lack of aggression, a lack of uh, sense of of urgency, and a lack of a will to win. That's what it was. And, 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 you know, me and my pops watched the game together or whatever. And he was just like, he a sellout. He a sellout. Well, I mean, you know, I tried to defend it initially just because I know how hard I've been on Paul George. And I, I, I told y'all before, I really do like Paul George. I really do. Like, I love Paul George in Indiana. I've already told y'all about, you know, the battles that I, that I in, used to love watching between him and LeBron. And it showed me a lot when he was able to go toe-to-toe with LeBron. You know, so I really do love Paul George, but the simple fact of the matter is this is why people shit on Paul George. And I'm not going to be one of the ones, but just realize if you go back and look at game five and you go back and, and look at game six and actually watch those games, seems like two totally different people. And this is where the frustration with Paul George comes into play. This is where the frustration comes in with Paul George because of stuff like this. Because the last six or seven games prior to this one, you earned that nickname back. That PG-13... You earned that back. I came in here. I had to swallow all of my words. All of the stuff that I was shitting on Paul George about, he made me swallow all of those words. And then in the biggest moment of, of, this, of this series, in the biggest moment of the season, Paul George, again, looked as, I'm not even going to use the nickname that I usually use, but looked pedestrian and looked like he had a sense of a, a lack of sense of urgency. And looked like he had a lack of motivation. So this is where the frustration with, with Paul George comes into play. 
only taking 15 shots, you know, not attacking the rim, passing out of shots that you don't need to pass out of, et cetera, et cetera. This is where the problem comes in. On the other side, what a performance from Chris Paul. But like I said earlier, we expected that. 16-year career, 16 to 17-year career. I can't, I, I, I'm not 100% sure on the exact number. All right. First, first ever chance to go to the NBA Finals. After people wrote you off the uh, uh, past couple of years, said you were no good, pretty much told you to retire, etc., this is what I expected. Chris Paul answered the call, and as did the Phoenix Suns as a whole. And now, and, and, and really now shit gets interesting, honestly. Now let's look at this thing as a whole. Tonight, at 8.30 p.m., I do believe that is the correct time. Let me just check. Excuse me, 9 p.m. 9 p.m. on ABC. Game one of the NBA Finals. Bucks versus Suns. Phoenix Suns is, excuse me, the Phoenix Suns are six-point favorites right now as we speak. But let's look at it. Let's look at it. Let's dive into it just a little bit. See what we can hash out a little bit here. So for me, and I'll just be honest. I'm going to put my phone down because you... Y'all know how I am. I have my phone a lot looking at the stats and everything. I'm going to put my phone now and let me just talk to y'all for a little while. For me, the biggest thing for the for the Milwaukee Bucks, the reason why I don't give the Milwaukee Bucks any shot, and I'll just, I'll, I'll just be honest. I mean, I said this from the beginning, right? When Milwaukee, elimin- when Milwaukee eliminated Brooklyn, I came in here the next episode and I said, it's raps. I said the Phoenix Suns are NBA champions. I said that before the uh, conference finals happened, right? Because if y'all remember, the past month, month and a half, I've been saying I'm not, I'm gonna wait. I'm not gonna get my finals prediction because I thought Brooklyn was gonna win. I said I'm gonna wait. I said I'm gonna keep waiting it out. Then I came in probably two episodes before or episode before Brooklyn was eliminated, and I said, listen. If Brooklyn wins, I'm not going to get my final prediction. And I said, but if Brooklyn loses, I can about damn near guarantee y'all that the Phoenix Suns will win the championship. Fast forward to an episode after that, Brooklyn goes down, and I said, it's wraps. The Phoenix Suns are going to be NBA champions. And I still stand on that. I do believe the Phoenix Suns will win this series in six games. I have the Phoenix Suns in six games. And I believe that it'll really be complete domination. Now I said that I said that in a room the other day, and I said the Milwaukee Bucks have no shot. I have the Phoenix Suns in six games, right? And they were like, "How how how is it going to go six if they have no shot?" Mm, because I do fi- I I feel like they'll steal a game or two. <laughs> I do feel like Milwaukee will steal a game or two, but to me that's still like that's really still no shot in all actuality. Right So let's look at it The biggest thing for the Milwaukee Bucks Is going to be the health of Giannis Antetokounmpo He's been ruled as doubtful for tonight And I don't expect Or suspect that we will see him tonight I don't believe that will be the case And I don't believe With all due respect to the the backcourt of the Milwaukee Bucks, I don't believe that they have enough. I just simply don't. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday, you know, they're 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 great players. I still feel the same way about Chris Middleton, but I will give Chris Middleton his flowers. Cause I didn't do this when when we covered the Eastern Conference Finals. So I will give Chris Middleton his flowers. First of all, round of applause for him. Round of applause for Drew Holiday. 
because a lot of the pe- a lot of people shit on that deal that sent Drew Holiday to the Milwaukee Bucks. A lot of people were saying that 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 asking price and the paying price that the Milwaukee Bucks paid for Drew Holiday was way too high. He proved them wrong a hundred percent on both ends of the court. It wasn't just offensively; it was both ends of the court. So again, round of applause for those guys. Because they stepped up. Giannis was down in the last two games. They stepped up both games and got the job done without Giannis. But do I feel like that'll translate against his Phoenix Suns team? I, I, I really don't. I really don't. But let's look at it. Let's look at it. it. Let's just go based on what we saw the last time the Milwaukee Bucks were on the court. Let's see what they went with. So initially, their, st- their starting lineup was Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, PJ Tucker, and Bobby Portis. That, that's, the, that's the lineup they went with against Atlanta in their closeout game um, this past Saturday. That's what they went with. And then we know for the Phoenix Suns, it'll be, we just think about it. Um, it'll be Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Michael Bridges, Aiton, and then I guess Jay Crowder at the four maybe. I do assume that Jay Crowder will start. Yeah, it, that's what they went with the last time. Booker, Aiden, Chris Paul, Jay Crowder, and Michael Bridges. Then Torrey Craig, Cameron Payne off the bench with the addition of Sarge as well. So, I mean, I don't know, bro. I really just, I just simply do not have the Milwaukee Bucks with a shot in this series. I think that the key for them will be the health of A, the health of Giannis Antetokounmpo, that'll be number one. And number two, and 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 this is when shit kind of gets a little bit blurred for me. Y'all know I've been rocking with the Suns for, you know, for three, four, five months now before the playoffs even started, you know, etc. But this is when shit gets a little bit blurred to me because the job that Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday both do defensively, that scares me. That scares me because I will I I will assume that both of those guys will be coupled up and matched up against Chris Paul and Devin Booker and le- and let's go look at that because I did say we were going to look at that let's look at that because I don't you know Devin Booker is a phenomenal player you know we all love him young superstar. Mama mentality All of that shit We all we already know that Let's get that out of the way But He left a lot to be desired In the Western Conference Finals I will say that And it was It was It was overshadowed By the fact that Chris Paul Is going to his first finals Right Because the Phoenix Suns were winning So it was overshadowed But let's look at Devin Booker because this is another one of those things that kind of confuses me in a sense. I wouldn't even necessarily say confuses me. It's just a pause for cause. Or other way around. A cause for pause, excuse me. 22 points in game six. The closeout game. Thirty-one. In a loss in game five, right? Then in game four, 25 on eight of 22 shooting. And let me and let me go back a little bit. So 22 on 10 of 26 shooting below 50%. 31 
on nine of 22 shooting below 50%. 25 on eight of 22 shooting below 50%. 15 on five of 21 shooting below 50%. 20 on five of six shooting below 50%. And then the one good game where he had his first ever career uh, triple double with no uh, no Chris Paul in the lineup, because let's take that into account. No Chris Paul in the lineup, 40, 13, and 11 on, on 15 and 29 shooting, but no Chris Paul. So what, you know, it makes me nervous because right now what is seeming is that Devin Booker is a little, A, inconsistent, and B, potentially not ready for the moment. And so this is when I start playing these scenarios out in my head. Like, how how, how can Milwaukee win this series? Because it is... <clears throat> let me not sensationalize this shit. It is very possible... Oh, my God. Excuse me. That was an accident. I apologize. Let me not sensationalize this thing, though. It is possible... That the Milwaukee Bucks win the NBA championship. It really is. I mean, I, I know I come in here, I talk my shit. You know, I say they have no shot, whatever may have you. But the Milwaukee Bucks are really a good team, bro. Like, we can't deny that. I can't deny that. I can't say the other way around. They really are a phenomenal basketball team. The way they're put together, I won't say the way they're coached. Because to me, Mike Budenholzer should still be on his way out. Because I'm already off rip giving the coaching coaching advantage to Monty Williams of the Phoenix Suns, without a doubt. Right? But all of that being said, the Milwaukee Bucks are a phenomenal basketball team. And the Phoenix Suns will have to come out and play and prove to the world why they should be NBA champions. Right? So it's not a guarantee that Phoenix will win this shit. And Milwaukee looks really hungry. They seem as though they're out to prove a point. Do I think that point will be proven without Giannis Antetokounmpo being at 100%? No, I do not. Do I believe the Milwaukee Bucks will win this series? No, I do not. But I will say there is a tad bit of hesitation. Because what I saw from Devin Booker this past series really to me was very discouraging. I must be honest. So that's number one. Num- oh, and by the way, he'll be guarded by a much better defender than Pat Beverly. <laughs> With all due respect to Pat Beverly and the way he plays the game, I love Pat Bev. I love his intensity. I love the fact that he he goes nonstop. You know, but Devin Booker was affected in that way. The stats that I just read y'all, five out of six games below 50% from the field. Some of them a damn near 30% from the field. So with those stats that I just read, realized he was being guarded by Pat Beverly. And Pat Beverly is by no stretch of the imagination even a top five defender in the NBA. Really, if we're being 100% honest and transparent to me, Pat Beverly is not even a top 10 defender in the NBA. So he was affected like that by Pat Beverly, and now he has Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton both coming into town. And that's where shit gets hectic. That's where my hesitation stems from. Because you have two two defenders that are better than Pat Beverly, and and Pat Bev did what he did to you. And now you have two guys that are way above him in a defensive standpoint, from a defensive standpoint, coming into town. And now you have to go seven games with them. So a lot of this pressure will be on Devin Booker's shoulders. And those two guys that, I, that I'm talking about, one of them will be holding Chris Paul as well. And so now Chris Paul is going to have to step up and show me what the fuck he can do. 
And that's the key. To, that's the key for the Milwaukee Bucks. Dominating on the defensive side of the basketball. And they will have, in my opinion, they will have the ability to do that with Chris Middleton and, and, and Drew Holiday, both accepting the challenge in which I assume of Chris Paul and, and Devin Booker. It'll also be interesting to see, for me, another thing that'll be interesting to see is if Brooke Lopez will get the start. Because we saw what happens to Brooke Lopez when he gets put in that pick and roll action against Atlanta. He gets abused with all due respect. I love Brooke Lopez. Me and Tavian argue about Brooke Lopez all the time because I think that amongst the NBA community, for one, and especially against, you know, people that enjoy watching the Bucks play, Bucks fans, whatever you want to say, I do believe Brooke Lopez is underappreciated. And I think that he, he, he receives a lot of criticism that he doesn't deserve. So I love Brooke Lopez. But I know what the fuck is going to happen to Brooke Lopez if he tries to switch on Devin Booker or Chris Paul in a pick and roll action. I know what the fuck is going to happen to him. <laughs> as much as I love him, I can be honest and I know what time it is. He's abused. He's abused, right? But with all that being said, that is the key for the Milwaukee Bucks is winning the matchup defensively in the backcourt. Chris Middleton, Drew Holiday versus Chris Paul and Devin Booker. That's the key. That's like one, that's one, uh, that's one B and one A is obviously the health of Giannis Antetokounmpo because if Giannis doesn't come back, then like in all, in all reality, like everything I just said about the Bucks, like being this great team, you know, them having a shot, that shit is out of the window. If Giannis doesn't come back, I won't even say at 100% because he, there's no way in hell he'll be 100%. But if Giannis doesn't even come back, they have no shot at all. Now, if Giannis touches the court, we're, we're having a different conversation. I still do believe the Phoenix Suns will win the series. But if Giannis touches the court, shit gets a little more interesting. And honestly, if I'm being transparent, I want Giannis to come back. I want Giannis to come back. This is the first time in a very, very long time, probably in about 10 to 12, matter of fact, damn near 15 years that we haven't had some crazy, you know, star-studded NBA finals. Like, yes, you have Chris Paul and Devin Booker, but, you know, they're not the biggest superstars in the NBA. They're not. A lot of people are on the Chris Paul hype train right now because there are a lot of People in the NBA community want to see him get his first ring, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But they're not, by any stretch of the imagination, the biggest superstars in the NBA. And then if you look at Milwaukee, like, yeah, you have Giannis, but after that, I mean, shit, what do you got? So really, if we're being honest, we have like two real true superstars in this series. One apiece. You got Giannis and you got Chris Paul. And that's with all due respect to Chris Middleton and Devin Booker. You got 1A and 1B. So Giannis and Chris, Chris, Paul, and Devin Booker. And that's what you got. So I, for entertainment purposes and competition purposes, I'm really, really excited to see this NBA Finals. I will say. I will say, this is going to be a very, very exciting NBA Finals. It's going to be very interesting, very competitive. And with all that being said, to go back to my original point, I hope that Giannis Antetokounmpo does come back. I do. <laughs> I really do. Because that's going to be the best product for the NBA. But long story short, I'm going to be appreciative one way or the other. I don't suspect that Giannis will play tonight. I don't. So, you know, I'll throw that out of the window. But I guarantee you at 9 o'clock, I will be tuned in. I can guarantee you that. So, again, keys for the Milwaukee Bucks in this series. A- the health of Giannis Antetokounmpo. B, 
controlling the backcourt defensively, winning that matchup against Devin Booker and Chris Paul with your guys, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. So those are the keys for the Milwaukee Bucks to win this series. Now, for the Phoenix Suns, what are their keys? And really, though, there's only... Actually, I won't say there's only because I really just thought of another one. The first one that I had in mind that I've already thought about is controlling the offensive boards. DeAndre Ayton must be who he's been for the Phoenix Suns for this entire playoffs. He must continue to do that. And really, Monty Williams has to get DeAndre Ayton more touches. So really, if we want to highlight a thing is going to be controlling the offensive glass. But for the Phoenix Suns, I want to highlight a thing, a person, and another thing. The first two go hand-in-hand. DeAndre Ayton must control the offensive glass for the Phoenix Suns. And in the same respect, Monty Williams must get DeAndre Ayton more involved. Because I saw some bullshit the other day. I think it was the closeout game. DeAndre Ayton had like 10 points in the first quarter, bro. Four, like five or six shooting, maybe eight points on four or five shooting, something, somewhere in that range. But he was locked in, and they had no answer for him. The Los Angeles Clippers had absolutely no answer for him. And then guess what happened after the first quarter? His touches became more and more minute. I think in the middle of the third quarter, he had 12 points after putting up 10 in the first quarter. Middle of the third, he only had 12 points, ended the game with 16 points. There's no way that DeAndre Ayton was dominating the way he did in the first quarter, and he should only end up with 16 points. There's no way. That can't happen in this series. There must be offense run through DeAndre Ayton because I already told y'all that Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are coming into strap shit against Chris Paul and Devin Booker. So DeAndre Ayton really is going to be the key for the Phoenix Suns. What he does on the offensive board is going to be the key. And him as an offensive presence, which really in turn is on Monty Williams, is also a key. So we'll just say, we'll just couple it all together and we'll say, DeAndre Ayton is key number key number one one A actually let's say one A for the Phoenix Suns one B is going to be their bench and the production that they get from them Cameron Payne Cam Johnson Tory Craig those guys have to step up Sawrich as well now do I believe that they'll go nine ten deep I'm not sure but they have to be comfortable and confident. If they do get placed in that specific situation where they do have to go 9-10 deep, they have to be confident and comfortable enough to do it. And because I have Milwaukee, Milwaukee's backcourt, Winning that battle defensively is going to be imperative that Cam Johnson and Cameron Payne, when they come into the game and Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton aren't on the floor, it's going to be imperative that they make their presence felt. This this championship will be team earned. Regardless, we already know if the Phoenix Suns win the championship, we know that Chris Paul will be the finals MVP. I think that we can all agree on that narrative and understand, you know, the weight of this championship for Chris Paul. So regardless, we already know that Chris Paul, should the Phoenix Suns win, we know he will be the finals MVP. We already know that. And if you don't, then you're a jackass, respectfully. But that's just the reality of the situation. But in all actuality is, in all actuality, excuse me, this will be team earned. Because Chris Paul and Devin Booker, they have a fucking uphill battle. 
So now it's gonna re- you're gonna have to rely on the other guys. Jay Crowder doing his job. Should Giannis come back? Because I think that's that's the biggest role that Jay Crowder plays to me. Because I do believe they'll match up Jay Crowder with Giannis Antetokounmpo. I do. Nevertheless, Jay Crowder is going to have to play his role. DeAndre Ayton is going to have to ha- have to play his role, and Monty Williams is actually going to have to increase his role if the Phoenix Suns want a chance to win this. And then, like I said, Cameron Johnson, Cameron Payne, Sarich, Craig, those guys off the bench, they're going to have to play their role. Michael Bridges is going to have to get buckets. So it's going to I mean, it's going to be very interesting, bro. This this NBA Finals is going to be very interesting. Again, the NBA playoffs have lived up to everything that I felt it would be, plus more. I am, however, extremely, extremely disappointed in the amount of injuries that we're seeing. That's the only thing that would have made this thing 10 times better. I think it was like 13 or 14 All-Stars throughout the duration of the playoffs that have missed some court time due to injury or protocol, you know. So that has been the one one negative of this playoffs. Um, just because I ha- I feel as though we haven't received the best product from a talent perspective. But from a competition perspective, this has been the best playoffs that I've seen in a very, very long time. And I'm excited. I'm happy for tonight. I'm happy for this NBA Finals. You know. I'm happy to see how Devin Booker, uh, Devin Booker will respond after a relatively pedestrian series against the Los Angeles Clippers. I'm excited to see if Giannis Antetokounmpo will come back. And if he does, will he be the Giannis that we all know and love or will he be a shell of himself? I'm excited to see the matchup between, you know, the two backcourts. It's, it's, it's just a lot. It's just a lot to see. I'm very excited, very happy for what I have seen in the NBA playoffs this year. And I'm excited to see Chris Paul potentially get his first ring. I mean, I must be honest. That's the biggest, that's the biggest story slash narrative of this finals. And I'm excited to see how he'll how he'll respond. You know? But again, one more time. Keys for the Phoenix Suns. DeAndre Ayton and slash. DeAndre Ayton slash controlling the offensive glass. And the Phoenix Suns bench. That's the keys for them. That's the keys for them. And then again for the Bucks, Giannis's health and winning the back the backcourt matchup defensively. Again, that game one of the NBA Finals is tonight at 9 p.m. on ABC. Make sure y'all are tuned in. Because if you're not, I can guarantee you, you will be missing the show. You will be missing the show. Let's move on.